Good morning, North Carolina. Hey, Raja. Good morning, Mom. What happened to your your Abdul facts yet? <laughs> How are you doing today? You know what? <laughs> I'm doing fabulous. Thank you very much. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, Miss Doll, we've been on a little hiatus. We have. Um, what you been up to? Taking care of a little business, looking for a new home. Yeah, I just um, got back from a work a work trip in uh, Pittsburgh. Beautiful city. Um, over four hundred bridges, and I'm pretty sure I saw at least two hundred of them. All those away. I was going for a week. Great people. Made some uh, great connections. Met some people from all over uh, the country and everything. One of the best stops was with my coworker. Uh, shout out to Diane. Uh, we went to uh, visit One Hood Media. Shout out to another um, woman I was privileged to work with, uh, Joy. Um, we went to visit Carney's for a nice soul food brunch. I just had a great time. And you know, when you with good people, you uh, make good memories. Yes, I'm glad you had a good time. How was the food? That's what I said, Carney's, on point. The atmosphere, everything was great. It was just a nice soulful place. I felt at home. Okay, that sounds good. You see any fashion? No, nothing of note outside of like, a couple of people um, in some of the neighborhoods I visited. Would you ever think about relocating to Pittsburgh? Heck yeah. It's beautiful. They have nice homes, um, like varying architecture throughout the city, even in some of like the other areas that are kind of essentially in the mountains. There's all kinds of terrain. The air quality was great. Um, and it, had a, it had a nice mix of city, urban life, um, and kind of like a ranch style mixed. It was it was a different mix. Um, that wasn't used to. Um, but it was beautiful. Um, and I also learned that. Um. They don't say y'all. They say yins. I thought that was kind of interesting when uh, you told me that. That sounded like something a little different, a little spice of saying how you know. Instead of y'all, yens. Yeah, it was great um, all together. Anything else you wanted to tell the people about what you've been up to? Well, you know, viewing homes and seeing homes is two different things. The way they're remodeling and, and redesigning the homes are beautiful. But sometimes you'd be like, wow, it's pricey. And then you look at the location, you wonder, you know, what's really going on in Durham. Y'all got, your people need to be aware. It's a lot going on that we we don't know is behind the scenes. It's not just dermis across the country. You can see it um, even, yeah, just riding through different areas, um, different cities. You see oh, yeah. the change in architecture, the change in the people, the way people look and are moving. It's it's definitely, I think, a, um, an epidemic we are talking about in different spaces, but we the way we label it, it's not really of urgency um, that we're looking for solutions um, collectively because there are different initiatives I've seen happening in different cities trying to make sure that people have affordable housing and um, different ways that they can keep the houses they do have. Mm -hmm. 
but it's something we need to address collectively because it's getting out of hand. Because, um, you know, they're saying um, minimum wage anywhere, can't you can't afford a two-bedroom apartment. So how could you afford a house or to keep a house that may have been passed down to you? It's just something we talk about a lot on the show, but having um, quality housing mm-hmm. is key to health, mental health, general well-being, and the ability to continue on and carry out general, like, just duties, like taking care of your kids, taking care of yourself, um, and being a contributing uh, citizen to society. Society. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, we sit back and read it, but until you put your feet to the concrete to, to view it and see, you just don't even think about going to City Hall and sitting in meetings. You just like, oh, okay. But this is affecting everybody. Yep. Yeah. Um, gotta get something done. Uh, last episode, episode 23, we talked about sex and the need to have more open and honest conversations around it. And, um, hopefully, um, those kind of conversations can create a path for us to have those other necessary conversations toward, uh, more acceptance of our shared reality. Yeah, just don't cover it up. If it's something that your child comes to you or an adult, have a curiosity question, answer. Or get someone that, you know, you can turn them to to answer the question. Because it's all healthy and fun. Yes, it's fun and it's healthy. I'm Angela Lamar. I'm Roger the Daughter. And, and this, this is, is Talking Brown Sugar. We are now in the sugar bowl with some random thoughts. Hit them. Hit the people. Yes. This is funny to me. It might be funny to you. You ever had a good friend, family member, actually, oh, come run to the store. You're like, yeah, I'm going to pick up some things. Next thing you know, you're riding around everywhere, and they park in the hot sun. You just sit there baking, and don't let the air conditioning don't work. They look at you like it's a problem. Okay, you went with them one time. Then you go with them another place. You're still sitting in the sun. You be like, I don't believe this mother chucker. <laughs> and you tell them about it in a nice way. Like, you know you got me sitting in the sun. Of course, I could get out. Or you could get out. But this is a common courtesy. I when, when I'm, If I'm taking someone somewhere, I'm going to try to put them in the shade if they don't want to get out with me. You know, it's just, it's just a common courtesy to me. Don't be sitting me in no hot car. Or better yet, if I know who I'm riding with, I just might say, nah, I pass. Thank you, though. Yeah, um, it's a real thing. The same rules that apply to leaving a baby in the car. Don't leave me in the car when it's hot. I feel you on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes some people either, either have you going with them in the store and you be helping them out more than... You helping them out both sides going along with the ride. You know, you end up being their extended hand. It's different if it was an elderly person like your aunt or your little one, your grandma, granddaddy. That's fine. Or, you know, like a little sister. But sometimes some people really take advantage of you because you're looking, you're like, whoa, this is happening on the regular. Just have to say, I pass. Thank you. H-O-A. How many of y'all have this? Is a good thing, and this can be a problemsome thing. Taking pictures. Do you come on my property, or do you take the picture from the street? One thing, I understand you have to do your job, 
But if you come on my property, you can at least have the common courtesy and the balls to knock on my door to tell me the problem. But don't come near my property as a car and look on my driver's side and take a picture. So if you know if you have a problem with it, let me know. You know, you're going to take a picture and send me the paper trail anyway. So let's save the trees. H-O-A. Shots fired. Insert gun clicking. Oh, my goodness. Have y'all had this conversation? Somebody, good guest, family member, you having a family function, a cookout. And you go back in your sitting area, your den, your family room. You be like, what is that smell? And maybe one of your kids, when they go a little, they're like, oh, it smells like butt, butt. You be like, don't say that. And then you go across the chair, you be like, dang, it do smell like stinky butt funk. So, sometimes when you have guests over, I see why Grandma kept them plastic seat covers on her seat. They knew what they were doing. That plastic, though, heat up in the summer. So, I suggest just keep a little Febreze in the in the cut between the couch or something. Just keep a little Febreze. You don't have to say anything. Just be that, that aunt, uncle, whoever known for a house that smells good. That's what I say. They say they're sprayed with sweetness. Kill them with kindness and say, have a seat. Welcome home. Don't try to get all sweet now. You sound like you were trying to call a funky butt guest out. No, I mean, I've just been having a little conversations. And lately, you know, it's springtime. People having cookouts and butts just be a little funky. It'd be like that. Um, Why is it so difficult to find someone to tattoo brown skin well? So, I have a couple of tattoos, um, and I love tattoos. I love getting them. They're kind of like therapy for me. But I just, you know, want tattoos because I can. And I always um, take my time when I get them because, you know, you want to do your research on the artist, what their style is, what their experience is. And also, just, you know, you're working with somebody on something that's going to be permanent on your body. And so, you know, you get um or receive and find like a real well reviewed tattoo parlor you go you tell them what you want and one of the first things I hate to hear and something I always hear um and I'm I'm not fair skin I'm not brown skin I'm brown but I'm not I'm like in the middle I'm like a I don't know but I'm not I'm not um you I'm not that light though I I'm I'm I have a lot of different shades on my body depending on where you look because I've yeah but I mean I have a lot of different tans and different levels of tans on different places so I'm a bunch of different shades right now but the first thing out the person's mouth who's usually a person at the front desk you know a lot of tattoos piercing or whatever first thing I hear oh well you know those kind of colors won't show up too well on. On darker skin, and I'm I'm just standing there like, okay, well let's see where we can place it so that it will pop. Or are you really telling me that nobody in the shop knows how to work with brown skin or skin that isn't you know darker than Zendaya or whatever? But it was just like. In that search of trying to find a good tattoo artist, it's just, like, hard to find. So you really just have to go to people who look like you. 
And that's what I'll be doing soon for my next project. Um, have a couple things scheduled that I'm excited about. Um, but if I think the same way people say if you're a makeup artist and you don't know how to tattoo. Um, not tattoo. But if you're a makeup artist and you don't know how to work with different shades of skin, different types of skin, you just you can't really call yourself an artist right. until you've mastered different kind of skin um, tones, textures, all kinds of things. I feel the same way with, um, tattoo artistry. Like you should be able to, at some point, especially when you have so many years in the game, know how to tattoo more, um, a variety of, of skin colors because you can't put any kind of color on black skin. And I've seen beautiful tattoos on people of color, black people, um, all people of your complexion. So when they said that, I was like, really? I was ready to go. But that's what I'm saying. So I can't even imagine how it is for somebody who has more melanin than I do because where do you go? What would you do, mix up some Kool-Aid and water? Mm. Um, yeah. So um, another random thought, don't assume or try to make decisions for me based on how I, uh, based on how you think I'm moving in life. I have a lot of people who just, I don't know, in my life, like randomly, People will assume things. And that goes for anybody. Like, you can't really, you don't know people's lives. You don't know what they're going through, how they're going through it. But don't assume things. Just talk to somebody. Ask them questions. And I'm an open book. I tell people that all the time. But I can't tell you how many times, too, I have had people say, well, I didn't think that you would want to do X, Y, Z, or you could do X, Y, Z, because da, 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 da. I was like, well, did you ask? No. So here we are. Goodbye. Um, just another thought, um, this world is so stagnant, um, just thinking about how long it takes for us to accept things as a collective society when things change or more people are fighting for, like, equal rights and civil rights in this country, and it's just, it doesn't make any sense how long it takes for us to get with the reality of what's really happening. Because people have been here the way they are for so long. It just doesn't make sense. It's like going to a museum. I don't care what age you are. All the time. You see that same picture or that same skeleton. And nobody's caring. But eventually they'll talk about it. Celebrate it. But nothing is moved to, for a change. For like a, a switch up. Yeah, like a positive. Like, wow, we didn't know this. Yeah. Like we can really see and feel the effects, but you feel the effects before it even comes, and like nobody told me this, but it's been there all the time. It's been right in front of your face all the time. Yeah, but just get with it. Sugar cubes, aka the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. Baby Fat just relaunched an entire collection at Forever 21. In a time where millennials are still raving and ramping the good old days of the early 2000s, the return of the Slinky Cat is back. Woohoo! In a line of the brand's old school streetwear prints and colors, with an inclusive size range that goes up to a 4X. The comeback of the Baby Fat arrives after Kamora Lee Simmons. Lancer announced her requisition of brand back in March. According to a press release from the Forever 21, the street 
where Mogul is relaunching her hip-hop-inspired look for today's fashion lovers, and a limited-edition collection of cute but casual-knit separates. And, of course, everything is embellished with the iconic cat logo inspired by Simmons Lancer's print. Her pet name, Max, which is the cat. Meow. Um, I'm excited. I haven't seen the new looks yet, um, but I haven't heard any good things about the plus sizes. I heard that they were not as cute, um, which is usually the case in fashion when people have quote-unquote um, inclusive size ranges. But I'm glad, you know, they at least thought to be inclusive. So we'll see. I'll check them out. Me too. I'm ready for it. I always liked her style for that. It was comfy and it fit well. And it, you know, you could easily hand take care of it, whatever the washing items might be. I liked it. Next story. Living Colors headlines the benefits for Charlotte Cares about mental health with support from the band's Den of Wolves and Fear Until Fury. In its 35 years history, pioneer, pioneering funk mental Outfit, Living Color has never shied away from the social issue. Its hit, 1988 debut, Vivid, features songs about gentrification, racism, fame, American idols. When I look back at some of the things we said, songs like Funny Vibe, Open Letter, which is to a landlord, which way to America, its current stuff, says the guitarist Vernon Reed, whose band headlines, which were going to be played at the school of Amos Sutherland, at least now we're starting to confront the issues of isms and schisms. They're talking about having a benefit, talking about mental health, using their music. Yeah, they seem like a cool band. You don't know of too many black um, funk metal groups. Correct. And they have been out for a while. So if you get time, listen to it. They have a lot to say. I listen to it. Something on the funniest side, but make you want to say, hmm. A seventy-four-year-old, 74-year-old man accused of getting his entire church high on weed cookies. Several congregants, aged 12 to 70, end up in the local emergency room on that fateful day, complaining of adverse effects from the cookies, which they reported as tasting unusually salty. Mr. Jones initially admitted to making the cookies, but denied adding an illegal substance to them. Then the police obtained a warrant to search his home and found an orange pill bottle containing capsules of brown oily substance, which later tasted, which was later tested positive for marijuana. The gentleman, Baker, turned himself in after a warrant for his arrest was issued. He was charged with criminal recklessness and possession of hash oil. Wow. I feel sorry for him. I don't think he meant no harm. I think he made a mistake and took the wrong batch. He should have just kept the regular batch. But once they served that warrant, that's how the cookie crumbles, as they say. 
In other news, um, bank account fraud, how to stop scammers from using caller ID spoofing. If you ever get a call from someone claiming to be a customer service agent at your bank, pump the brakes before answering any questions. Even if they have the right caller ID, using caller ID spoofing, scammers can make it look like they're calling from your bank's phone number. Here's the tip-off that might be a scam. Banks typically do not call you asking for personal information. On the easiest one of the easiest ways to spot a scammer is that they reach out to you versus you contacting them, says Richard Crone, a payments expert and CEO of Crone Consulting LLC. The best way to protect yourself is to say, no worries, let me call you right back, and then you call the official bank number yourself. Crone said, never answer any questions from a random call from anybody. There may be a call from someone legitimate, but more often than not, it's nefarious. Um, so he was saying that you should secure your information by refusing to answer calls or texts or even direct messages in the first place. If you run into a case of caller ID um, spoofing, report the activity to the Federal Communications Commission. Um, and so once the, con- the scammer makes contact, they can distribute and sell your number to the criminal underworld. So if you fall for it, you give them your information, they'll take it down and sell it to the highest bidder. Um, so it may not be the person who collects it. So, you know, it might take a couple of days before you see any activity on your bank card or anything like that. But um, this happens a lot. Um, they are definitely finding new ways and new scripts to trap you. So be mindful of when you pick up um, unknown numbers or someone claiming, you know, to be from your bank, claiming to be from your insurance company or whoever, they could pull up all this stuff on the internet about you. Um, so you got to be smart. And most of the time, if you tell people, um, no problem, um, let me call you right back because I'm busy, they'll let you go and will let you call them back. Don't call the number that you see on your ID. Call your actual bank. And they said, um, call the number on the back of your card, insurance paper, or whatever it is um, the person saying they're calling from. Okay. Yeah. Um, as we get older, as I get older, I know I have to answer more calls now because you never know when this might be a uh, opportunity or something. Um, NYPD union lawyers claim Eric Garner would have died anyway due to obesity. Um, NYPD union lawyers believe Eric Garner's poor health led to his death, not Officer Daniel Pantaleo's chokehold. Pantaleo's attorney, um, Stuart London, told the court that his client should be cleared of all fault because Garner died from being morbidly obese. He was a ticking time bomb that resisted arrest, London said during an administrative hearing. If he was put in a bear hug, it would have been the same outcome. A bear hug? Like a Heimlich maneuver bear hug? Sir. London's remarks were a part of a seven-day proceeding that took place at the NYPD um, headquarters. The hearings are to determine if Pantaleos uh, will lose his job for his hand in Garner's death. According to the medical examiners, um, Pantaleo tried to restrain Garner with a chokehold that compressed his throat and chest, triggering a fatal asthma attack. The incident took place on July 17, 2014, five years ago. When Stanton Island police officers attempted to arrest the 43-year-old for selling untaxed loose cigarettes, Garner's death sparked national outrage after it was captured on video. Although he didn't face any legal punishment, Pantaleo 
has been on desk duty since the death. In order to fire him, the NYPD needs to prove that Pentaleo used a chokehold forbidden by the department in a way that counts as criminal conduct. What in the ham sandwich? Um, if, I mean, if if you saw the video like many of us have, the position that he was in, this was like during the summer. So, you know, especially with global warming, each year it's harder and harder for people to breathe. You know, they have the warnings for elderly, young people, people with asthma to not be outside at certain temperatures. But if I'm outside selling loose cigarettes, I need the money. So he was already outside risking his life, uh, probably during one of those kind of warnings. But for them to compress his throat, that how else are you going to get air? And his chest, where your lungs are, that you need to breathe. You're compressing them, pushing his face down on the ground, your knee behind his back. And you got a chokehold, you saw your arm wrapped around his throat. He wouldn't have died just because he was obese. Everybody thinks that being obese, fat, or whatever is like a disease or a walking death sentence. But there are healthy people who are bigger, who are larger. And we see this all the time, who don't have blood pressure, who don't have diabetes. Like Size does not initially denote your health status. And for them to even use this argument in court is just disgusting. Um, and for the officer to be on death duty for five years, five years and he collecting a check. That's a slap in the face. That's like, you know, if you look at the video and this is what the man's saying, you can tell he's aspirating. It's like if you're putting somebody in the chokehold, even if they're in their ground, you know, the, the, the semen is hot, you got your knee in the back, you got people busting you in the head, you, you're panicking. So what do you think the man's going to do? What did he say he couldn't do? He couldn't breathe. Right, and it sent him into an asthma attack, which most of the time, if you have severe asthma, you still have to go to the um, hospital even after taking a hit of butyrol or whatever is in your asthma pump. You still have to end up going to the hospital after you have an asthma attack because you need steroids to help you get on a regular breathing pattern. So there was no... Of course, um, he played a role in his death. And he used an illegal chokehold, essentially. Like, they aren't trained to choke people out. And that's exactly what he did. He choked Eric Garner out. He didn't die because he was obese. He was he was killed. And murdered. He's saving his job. Um, in other more positive news, New Jersey schools um to require schools to teach LGBT history. Woodland, New Jersey. New Jersey has become the second state in the nation after California to adopt a law that requires school to teach about LGBT history and a move held by civil rights group as a step toward inclusion and fairness. Governor Phil Murphy, a Democrat who promised to promote equality for gay and transgender people during his campaign, signed the bill Thursday. Um, yeah, that was Thursday earlier this year. So it's an old article. Um, and it says, among those celebrated in the news, Jamie Bruchoff of Vernon, whose 12-year-old transgender child, Rebecca, spoke to support the bill in Trenton in December. This bill is so important for young people, Breston Hoff said. They need to see examples of themselves in history being taught in classes they're going to be in each day. We know representation matters. By learning about LGBTQ people who have made amazing contributions to their country, they are seeing possibilities for themselves 
and hope for the future, she said. Under the measure, public schools must include lessons about political, economic, and social contributions of individuals who are gay, transgender, um, starting in the 2020-21 school year. The bill also requires teaching about contributions of people who are disabled. The law does not apply to private schools. Leaders of civil rights advocacy groups said the law will give students a fuller history of the United States, promote understanding, and help children feel included in school. Our youth deserve to see how diverse American history truly is and how they can be a part of it one day, too, said Christian Fusciano, executive director of the advocacy group Garden State Equality. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, um... You have to teach these things because you don't know what kids are learning outside of the room. Um, definitely um, a great way to correct the ignorance, which then promotes bullying, could prevent, um, you know, kids from being as severely bullied. Because um, once kids start to learn more, they can then accept things as they are rather than fearing them because they don't know or don't understand. And some make some awareness to adults. Yep. Sweet Deets, our business feature. Cacatua.us. Cacatua is a Mexican brand that makes and designs silk scarves for everyday women. They are made and designed in Ion, Guanajuato, and the prints are artistically inspired by women's hard work. The Cacatua brand is very successful in Mexico, and they wanted to bring it to the U.S., and with it, a little bit of their vibrant culture. Check out the highlights they have on Instagram at cacatua.us to see their beautiful prints. That's C-A-C-A-T-U-A dot U-S. Y'all, the scars feel amazing. You can literally see and feel the quality. They're actually really durable. Um, Once you use them in the different ways you can, so you can make a bow tie for your hair. You actually make an actual necktie. Um, A lot of women, you know, wear suits these days. You can use the beautiful prints to make a tie. You can even wear it as a top. Um, a scarf, um, turn it into a skirt. There's so many ways you can use them. Um, you just wash them per use, and all the wrinkles are gone, so you can reuse it hundreds of times in all the thousand and many ways you can. So check out and order your original Cockatoo scarf. Find them on Instagram. Again, that's cockatoo.us. That's at C-A-C-A-T-U-A dot U-S. Get you some fashion. Want us to promote your business in our next Sweet Deets mention? Email us talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com with the subject line business feature with a few sentences about your business, product, or services. There's room for everyone to eat. And don't forget to like us, leave five-star reviews. That's the best way to help out the show, to leave a review, tell us what you think about the show. And leave us five stars. Again, you can find us anywhere on the web, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Podcaster, Rocketcast. Anything you can think of, just Google us and we'll be there. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar, on Twitter at Talking Brown SUG, and you can email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. Wellness check. Well, it's summertime. Everyone is going to the beach, going to the pools. Wash yourself before, wash yourself after. And please watch your kids when they're playing in the water. And if you've got people with personal 
built-in pools, little baby pools. Somebody needs to be outside with the children. Lock the doors before you, you know, let them just run out and play and everybody's not going outside. And when you go going to the beach, keep your eyes on these little people. They move fast because nobody wants to hear what happened to somebody or come back with a sad story and you got a death in the family. Enjoy your summer. It's time for the main discussion. Today we'll be just firing off some random questions and seeing where the conversation leads us. Um, yeah, so let's get started. Yes. Do you think black game show hosts get the same response, respect, as white counterparts in game shows? Oh, uh, what you mean by that? Um... Well, you know, looking at these new game shows, like we got Holy Moly with um, Stephen Curry. We got, what, Who Can Beat Shazam with, um, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. That's it, Jamie Foxx. And plus we got Steve Harvey, and we got uh, different ones. Coming up with these new shows and looking at the old shows like Let's Make a Deal and Michael Strahan, which is doing that what hundred thousand dollar question. So I'm trying to figure out like, are they getting the same viewing as people are tuning in to them or the same respect? Because it seems like these shows come on and they don't stay long. Well, this interesting. Um, I think a lot of game shows in general are still trying to find their lane and their audience um and then when it comes to black people hosting those shows i think that black people are seen as you know what's popping what's trendy oh they're going to be hilarious or they're going to be so funny and tie in everything we need people love to you know it's the same kind of like shucking and jiving type um i think when they're think when like executives are thinking about hiring these people or people of color specifically black people i think um executives especially in hollywood there's still um that clouded judgment but the fact that they are getting a job i'm happy um to see more people of color as hosts i just hope that when they are being hired they're hired for their skill and not just because they are black and funny it's like yeah it like, people don't recognize, like, the skill it takes to be funny. Mm-hmm. Especially, um, like, people like Nicole Byers on Nailed It. She's funny. Mm-hmm. I literally only watched the show for her, but we talked about it previously, how most of the marketing um, they did was geared towards white people, and they had a lot of white people um, come on as contestants. Correct. And um, in the marketing, it was a lot of white people and the white males who were on the show, even though she's the on- almost the only female when they have judges they rotate it out, but she's the only person of color just about when they have judges. Um, it's rare that I've seen that there are different um, people of color on that show. Um, but I'm not really concerned about black people getting the host of game shows because we do see them doing that. Um, and I think they get pretty good responses because we see more black people getting that position. But what I don't see a lot of are black contestants um, – 
like across the board like generally but like the shazam so has a nice mix of people and i'm in, i'm interested to see what holy moly has yeah that's all put put i think it's kind of funny cuz i like to play put put and they have some pretty amazing golf courses you know for you to try to you got something coming at you and you trying to put and you know i think that might be a pretty good go on that yeah so Who's paying attention? And, you know, for these teachers of education, are we losing the, is, are the teachers losing enthusiasm for their careers, for them to stay in their fields, or are they losing their touch on being a teacher to make them look for other careers, opportunities, because the way the school systems are being handled with their pay? I mean, that's a loaded question because... I don't know every individual teacher's story. I have a couple of friends um, who are currently teachers at different grade levels. All of them have a passion for the teacher, and all of them would do just about anything for the kids. Um, but they, too, need more resources, and all teachers that I know have, um, you know, the list, their Amazon list of, like, what you can get in my classroom because there's no budget for that from the school to actually get kids the supplies they need to learn. So I know there are other teachers, too, who um, may not necessarily have the passion or have lost that passion because they have to work two and three jobs in addition to teaching and literally being a therapist and a guidance counselor, a social worker, all these different jobs to the students they do teach. You... It, it, it'll wear you down and it's I can see how it is or it could be possible to lose um your enthusiasm for teaching and it may just be out of you know the need to survive myself that I have to leave teaching to go to a different occupation so um they are paying attention definitely states are paying attention like Texas I know they recently increased their teacher pay there are different states who also are trying to move to increase teacher pay, but it really goes back to what your state is doing and how they're budgeting money for education. Because um, I know we have the education lottery and a lot of money goes into that, but I don't know how that money is being distributed when you got kids sharing books and you can only you know photocopy so many pages for kids to have homework and access to it or... Um, you know, different zip codes get different kids things. So we always talked about that inequality as well. Exactly. You know, the reason I said that because when they had the march, my heart really goes out for the teachers that took that day, regardless if they knew if they were going to even have a job the next day. And, you know, the kids now, if you don't have, like, a good teacher plus a good class, it, it goes both ways. It's like everybody's being robbed for their thoughts. Then ambition for what they went for, you know, the earlier four years of of school, you know, excitement of being a teacher, and they get there, and they were like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And, you know, I want kid, the teachers to know I give a shout-out to you and kudos and for the best. June 19th. What should we get? Respiration payment. Reparation. Reparation payment. What should it look like? What should it look like? Um, yeah, we just passed June 
19th, just celebrated Juneteenth. I wasn't able to go to too many celebrations, but I did see, and I was happy to see a lot more cities um, celebrate openly Juneteenth. Historically, that's when the Union soldiers, after two years later, after the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, Lincoln said enslaved peoples are free, um, went to Texas and let people who are still being treated as such, let them know that, hey, you, you all are free. And this was two years later, so that was June 19th, and that's why we celebrate, because we celebrate with dance and food, because that's what they did when they found out they were free. Um, and that was two years after it was made law. So imagine everybody else is walking around, running around, being free, and you didn't even know. Well, that's why we celebrate it. Um, and he said, what should reparations look like? At this point, it's so many things. I know we talked about this before. Um, but it's so many things that we as black people need. Um, because, what is it, um, Germany, um, the government, is this year was their 60th year um, paying different, um, they were paying out payments to victims of the Holocaust. So it's their 60th year doing that. Um, to my knowledge, we haven't done anything like that for people in response to slavery, um, for black people, African-Americans in this country. And we're often told to forget slavery happening, get over slavery happening, even though the effects of slavery are still here. They're just evolved and appear in different ways. Um, so they should be, I think, um, free mental health for African-American people, for black people, people who identify as black people who are another diaspora. I'm not talking about people who are um, trans, black, Rachel Dolezal. Not talking about people like that. Um, but people who are actually black or African-American, I think they should have free mental health. Um, free health insurance. Free dental health. You know, so many things, you know, we could get free, even if you're working. Sometimes you still don't fit that percentage of either you make too much or you're not at the right phase of it and you still can't qualify there's always no's 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 and they be talking about payment i believe somewhere in somebody's books in government they have a payment outline but nobody's willing to push and sign it to say this is a go for what has happened so many years ago 100 years ago it's still happening today i'm like let's stop talking about it. do something about it that's how i feel strongly I think all HBCUs should be um, federally funded. Um, I think it should be written into a law, a policy that all HBCUs are governmentally funded. Um, it's crazy how underfunded HBCU HBCUs are, and they aren't provided with um, the language to manage the money and grants they do get. So it can be complicated language and it's not managed properly when you have to do so much reporting on the type of money you get, how it's being used. And so then you risk accreditation and stuff like that later on or just different things like that. I think all HBCUs should just be federally funded in general, um, wherever they are in the U.S. It's a lot of things that could be listed. There's a lot of um, things. 
just give give a couple of houses um to people to certain families um to african american black families um it's just yeah it's a lot um that we could get and it just needs to be uh i guess i don't even i don't even trust the government this this government <laughs> with any any handling of that so um yeah, there should be a formalized plan of how to distribute the reparations. And we should also put 50 cents in charge of getting them. So I agree with that meme. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, he, he probably could, the way he acts. Yeah, and they be saying, what? Two acres and a mule? It's 2019. I need my grandma land and her money. Mm-hmm. Does your zip code affect your life? Yes. How many times have you been into stores and they say, oh, can I get your zip code? Sometimes I give them another zip code. Then they ask for your email. But your zip code affects a lot. Where your children go to school, um, your insurance. Yeah, all that. Um, how the ambulance might come in your area, the police, anything that's going on. They'll say, oh, what's the zip code area? And that's it. It takes from there and it's either good or bad. Sad, yeah, um, there are studies proven that zip code can determine how long you live. Um, and it could be as little as a block difference or an actual um, couple of miles. But your zip code can determine your life expectancy. Yeah, because you can go around in areas and I don't care what state it is. And somebody might say, oh, you, that's zip code. What's the zip code? And they'll tell you, you'd be like, Oh, yeah. Or even like, oh, yeah, they have good stuff over there. That's all, you know, well-established area. And then some people say, oh, you know what zip code that is, honey? Or is it bougie or not? And then, you know, you put titles even on the zip code. It shouldn't be. But that's the way the world is. This is a more random question. Um, If you were to get a tattoo right now, what would it be? Um, some numbers. Of oh, what? What numbers you mean? It would be my children's birth dates. Where would you get it? On my shoulder. <laughs> like a hanging chain. With their numbers swinging. Like a necklace or a what? Some chains. What kind of chains are you talking about? Nice, you know, like hoops. Hoop chains with their numbers hanging on it. For life. That's what I be hanging on. Let them know I got them. They need a shoulder to cry on. I put it on my shoulder. They can cry on my shoulder. Okay, I get you. I didn't, I didn't know where you were going initially. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the only place I can think of. And if I was going to get another tattoo, you know, it would be some kind of inspiration with a butterfly. Frying with colorful colors, just moving freely. Um... What is more important, what you say or how you say it? Uh, how you say it. Because you can say bye. You can say bye. You can like, well, hello. Hello. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. What's up? I think it depends on how your sound is. But if you really have to get your point across... It depends on the words you use. You know, the 
the tone. But I think is the tone sets a lot of things and body language. Yeah, I agree. Um, but that's difficult because I know um, what you say and how you say it can work in tandem. But you know, you can say I'm gonna kill you. And you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. But it's see, those are two different things. So it's, it, I guess it is more how you say it. Um, but then it it's that's I guess it happened in a vacuum because you know if you're the president and you're saying we're gonna go to war today, that's different than saying ha we're gonna go to war today. You're like what? What did you just say? And it depends on the situation and the person where it comes from. You know, if you're just joking, but you know, like if you hear something from your mom, like I'm gonna kill you. You know, you better straighten up. But if you hear from the president. I think we're going to kill him. It's going down. Yeah. Uh, what is one responsibility do you wish you didn't have? Cool. For me as a mom or me as a person? You a person first. You a person first. Yeah. Responsibility. Mm-mm-mm. Getting, getting, uh, just getting me right sometimes. Sometimes, no, I'm, I don't have to be the person of setting the stage for life. Because I have always been a, the person, from whatever I've done to start it off. And it seems like I would be the format. If it was wrong, right, they would use whatever motives, words, or outlines to correct things. And I'm like, let's use other people's ideas sometimes. Um, I wish I had to pay bills. <laughs> We're not gonna even get on that. I don't wanna pay anything. That's the only, I mean that's what black that could be a reparations. Black people had to pay any bills like light, water, electricity, rent. We uh, had to pay I see us having to pay for maybe cable, but like everything else should be taken care of. Like internet and cable, that's the only thing I should have to worry about. But they might put an expiration date on that. Huh? It might be an expiration on that. It's only one provider here, so (laughs) we got a contract. Okay. Got some events planned for us this weekend? Anything going on for the month? Um, no. This month, um, we'll be packing. But in July, on the 13th, that's a Saturday, we will be attending a white masquerade party. It'll be in Durham from 5 to 9. Um, hit our DMs for ticket sales. Tickets are $15 each. Um, but hit us up in the DMs, the email, uh, for location and how to purchase your ticket. In the meantime, I'm Roger, the daughter. I'm Angela, the mom. We We out! out!